What's up, guys? Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. And uh, for everybody, this is Melissa Metcalf, a police officer here. She's a student resource officer at the Vail Mountain School. This is her first year in Vail. She moved from Florida. I don't want to tell your whole story. You're gonna do. You're gonna do a much better job. <laughs> you're doing a great job. But like everyone loves Melissa, and uh-huh. all the kids want to go on like lunch dates. Whether they ask her during the day, Melissa, can we eat lunch with you? And so she's always booked up, and it's hard to find her at lunch. She's always at someone else's table. <laughs> You've managed to steal me once or twice. I once or twice, <laughs> but a lot less than these kids. You got to get creative. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is um yeah this is like Zach said this is my first year. First full year here. I moved here from Florida, so I always refer to Colorado as like a different planet. Um, it's just everything is new to learn from what clothes to wear, what activities to do, how to drive. Um, mm. So it's been a wild adventure, but I've been loving every second of it. Wow. Yeah. What do you mean driving? How is it different? Um, well, for instance, like we hydroplane in Florida. Here, you you know, oh. fishtail and can't get out of the snow, and so it's all sorts of different driving tactics and techniques. What? Changing my tires to yeah. snow tires, chains. Oh my gosh! Yeah, lots Logistics. to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, had you been to uh, like a colder state? before, like driven through in winter conditions anywhere? Sure. I actually lived in New Jersey from age nine to 17. So I had just gotten my license when we left. So I only had like a couple months of driving, but not winter driving. So so yeah. So come to think of it, although I had spent a lot of time traveling like East Coast from Maine to Florida, I never had to drive the winter months um, mm. if at all, like I have no strong recollection of it. So obviously nothing traumatic happened yeah. during that time. Um, but I remember it now <laughs> being in Colorado, it's different. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I, I had no idea that you spent that long in New Jersey. Yeah. How old were you when yeah. you got your permit? Do you remember that? I was 16. It was, um, yeah, Florida's 15. I was 16 there. So then when I turned 17, I only had it for like a month before we Moved back to Florida. So I'm from Florida. Okay, from Florida. Spent some years in Jersey oh, cool. with the family and then came back. How was Jersey? Did you like the vibe? Yeah, so it's um, nothing like it's uh, rumors or stereotypes that it has. Um, it I lived in a very like horse central community right by the equestri- United States equestrian team. So mm. it was all horses and which is my first love, my passion. So I had a great time being there. Um, but it's very English riding, um, mm. centralized, like just, uh, like the jumpers and the hunters and, uh, more of the fancy style of riding. And I was always a cowgirl at heart. So I am very happy to be out West in the Western world wow. now. Living out my cowgirl dreams. Yeah, I think that's one of the super cool things about you. I think the type of riding you do. Um, you were saying that you shoot pistols off horses. You know how to do that. Yeah, so it's kind of like two of my favorite things combined. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, I have a I'm 
you know, used to firearms being a police officer and uh, grew up hunting and everything. So I always was drawn to firearms and firearm safety um, and enjoy shooting. So and then was born on horseback. So when those two things kind of merged together, it's called cowboy mounted shooting. Hmm. Um, it was just like my calling. Wow. Do you <laughs> yeah. remember like the first time you were out there doing it? I remember the first time I even discovered the sport. I actually went to ride um, my friend's mom's horse and there was a holster hanging from her western saddle and i was like tell me everything (laughs) and then i was addicted ever since yeah did you start out just like like firing at targets or was it um literally just aim for the woods or something like that yeah no i mean growing up like targets and everything in the range and you know definitely out in the woods um but when it came to firing off horseback, I just, you know, hopped to it because I had already done both for so long. So wow. just went for it. It wasn't very, like, hard at first necessarily. So it's a little bit different so so that you don't think I'm just, like, this excellent <laughs> sharpshooter. Um, so what happens with cowboy-mounted shooting, it's uh, you use revolvers, you use six-shooters, mm. and it use specially formulated black powder blanks. Um, and still extremely dangerous point blank and you still have to practice firearm safety, but it's an arena event. So it's safe for spectators, um, Mm. 30 feet with distance. So it's not like a real live round. It's a special round and out of it comes like a a flame and the black powder and that pops the balloons. So there's balloons set on a course and it's like a timed event. Yeah, I'll have to show you some videos oh, yeah, on yeah, these yeah. days, but um, but it is it's very it's very cool, and yeah. it's like a tribute to the American West and the heritage. Wow, and, mm-hmm. is it a big community of people who do that? Or? It's the fastest growing like equestrian sport, like discipline. You know, there's all sorts of different things like barrel racing, hunters, jumpers. Fox hunting, eventing, mounted shooting, and I just yeah. started mounted archery too. Because <laughs> why not? Because why not? Oh man, yeah. that is so cool. Yeah. And you were just in Ireland, right? I was. Yeah. Doing uh, what mm-hmm. kind? What kind of uh, riding was that? So there, I that was like a little bit more of my fancy side. That was like the English. Irish side of me. Um, it's called fox hunting. So you've probably seen like in old photos or restaurants, you'll see um, usually gentlemen in red coats uh, on horseback jumping over whatever it be, chicken coops, three rail fences with those tricolored fox hounds. And it's really, you know, originated and I don't even know the true history of it, but really big in England, Ireland, a lot of um, hunt huntsmen and masters we get from overseas that come here and, you know, teach us and train our hounds. And so I had done that since I was 10 years old and started in Jersey. What, hound? Was, like uh, fox hunting fox hunt. big oh. in Jersey. Oh, wow. And, um, and so it was always a dream of mine to like go to Ireland and fox hunt because there uh, it's just extreme fox hunting. The stone walls and the hedges that they jump are just absolutely massive and wow. you know a bit more untouched land yeah. so what is it like in jersey um it, there's more like uh you know like three rail fences that you're used to keep like your livestock in oh, yeah. or chicken coops so that it makes it a little bit easier for horses to jump in and out but horses or cattle might stay in on their own oh got it um so just a little bit more 
organized and a little bit safer terrain oh. than Ireland wow. <laughs> when there's like five foot stone walls that you're, you know, that are rock solid that you're just Dang. saying your prayers that your horse get over. over. <laughs> yeah. Are there certain horses that are like more equipped to fox hunt than maybe like cowboy, cowboy shoot? Sure. Yeah. Um, definitely different breeds um, are built differently and used for these different disciplines. Um, like I myself have a quarter horse now that I use more for like Western activities, like the shooting, the archery, working cows. Um, and she's just built, you know, a little bit smaller, a little bit handier. Um, when you go to Ireland or fox hunting, you tend to use like a little bit um, more horses, like warm blood horses that are built uphill because you're jumping these, you know, really solid fences, so a little bit longer legs, a little bit more, um, or not more, but just athleticism in a different sense. Mm. So it really makes you appreciate too, like, you know, just kind of the different tools and the different horses that you use for different sports within the same activity. What well, well, like what kind of horses did you grow up around? Was I grew a- up the big warm blood horses on the East Coast, so that was. But I always was drawn to the cowboy way and um, just like the wide open spaces and uh, the cattle. I was always just drawn to, I guess, that true American like culture. Wow! Mm-hmm. And how did you get into this sport? Uh, my dad raced and trained horses, so. He had me on before I walked. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. So how many horses would you be around? Like, would your dad have like 10 horses, five horses? Usually about 20. 20 horses. Yeah. And would they each have names? Are they yeah. all named and stuff? Yep, they all had names. So um, he was in the standardbred uh, racing world. So they're called trotters and he would race, um, a circuit. So a lot of times horse activities are, um, based on like weather and, and following from like South to North, North to South type of circuit. So he would race from, um, South Florida all the way to Yonkers, New York. So that's why my family kind of had some connections in New Jersey, mm. you know, and all the way up and down the East coast. When he was a racer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. What yeah. what distinguishes like a good racer from an average racer? Yeah, that's a good question. I would guess probably earnings, winnings, um, right? The length of the time that their horse stays kind of in the race and in the game. So wow. yeah, he did really well. He was known as a driver because uh, as opposed to like a jockey, most people are used to racing like on their backs on the thoroughbreds. These were a little bit different. So um, they race in a sulky and they're attached to like a cart and they trot really fast. Whoa. So he was a little bit too big to be your jockey, your normal. There's a, you jockey. said there's a cart on the back of the horse? Mm-hmm. I'll show you a picture of that. Too, oh, yeah. Nice yeah. <laughs> right after this. Yeah. Um, is there anything in the back, like anything in the cart or is it an empty cart? Empty cart and him. Whoa. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you know how that started? Like mm-hmm. why? I don't know the like the deep history on it. And actually growing up, he started with thoroughbreds. I think just oh. we always say like horses are in your blood. Like you either have you're born something you're born with, like you either have this draw to them or you don't. And Whoa. I don't even think it's something that's learned. And so I guess I was born with it thanks to him. But um but he started with thoroughbreds and then as he grew into a young man, he just outgrew kind of the 
the weight classification for mm. jockeys and whatnot. So, wow. Yeah. What is it like being uh, being around a horse? I, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time around them, but yeah. I know like around a dog, I feel like a, a connection. Can, like how is it? How do you distinguish those two? Are they this is it similar? No, I would say it's it's not similar. Um, but I don't know. I guess it's like they're they're just majestic, and for a lot of people, you see them. May, you know, a lot of people get nervous around them, and for whatever reason, those of us that have this draw feel quite the opposite. And I think once you spend um, time with them too, they have a lot of. Uh, subtle cues, um, and you just learn to read them and learn mm. how to predict them. That keeps you safer around them because, of course, you know, it's yeah. generally like a 1,200-pound animal that you're working yeah. around. So, Like what are some things you might detect? Like you can de- – like do they get anxious? Do they get uh, – like will they kick? You sure. can tell when they're going to be – Yeah, and you can – you know, if you're in tune and you kind of know those signals that they give off before those things happen, um, you know what to look for. And I feel like reading them is my second nature now because wow. I've just been so exposed to it. But like – a dog is, um, you know, a predator, right? I'm, yeah, so, wolves, yeah. Yeah, and a horse is something that's preyed upon. Mm. So they're definitely a lot more like oh. fright, flight, yeah. and they're, you know, they're quick to move on their feet or get out of the way. Everything's about, you know, survival to yeah. them. So that is why, you know, not to mention their size, but also those reactions that make you have to be a little bit more, you know, careful. Yeah. What are some uh, signs that uh, maybe like a new rider could look for to be like, okay, maybe this, maybe I should chill out, get away. Sure. Um, You'd look for like, they talk a lot with their ears. So ears are up. They have like this friendly face demeanor, but they'll put their ears back. Um, sometimes they might just be putting one lightly back to listen behind them, mm. but they'll pin, we call it pinning their ears oh. and you might see whites of their eyes. You might see their nostrils flare. You mm. might see them lifting a hind leg or swishing their tail That's, to show they're irritated mm. or like kind of giving the signals of, I want my space. Oh, yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. And what about the opposite? Like, what about, um, like affection? Like, okay. Yeah. Are there things they do to like display like love or? Um, I would say not as obvious as like a dog or a cat. Um, but I think there's definitely, you can you can tell, you know, like for instance, uh, my mare, my female horse, um, you know, a lot of the times when she sees me, she'll approach the gate. And, you know, sometimes that means grain or treats or cookies or whatnot. And other times I think it's just because, you know, she's familiar with me or knows oh. that's what I'm going to want of her. Mm. Um, and... But not so much like a house pet, right? Like a cat purring. Yeah, or something you have like that. to just know that that's you're not going to get that sort of affection. <laughs> yeah, right. And I like the name of your horse. What's the name of your? Yeah, her name is Cowgirl, and uh, yep, she she's earned it because even on her own free will, she likes to push the cows around. So <laughs> I find it so ironic that I ended up with her too, because that's what everybody always called me growing up. Really? Yeah, because I lived in this. Like I was telling you, this like equestrian world where, um, you know, if you rode horses, you were known as an equestrian. But I always had this Western flair, so everyone oh. would refer to me as the cowgirl. <laughs> wow, what are the what is like the style of equestrians who do not embody that kind of like Western? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you see like the the kind of the original style of like britches, tall black boots, your black helmet, oh. maybe like your show coat. Um, oh. So a little more like prim and proper. Got it. Um, and then they ride, and there's 
endless types of saddles and styles, but um, like a quick to the naked eye difference would be um, the saddle is a lot less leather, a lot um, less heavy, and it doesn't have a horn. Whereas when you see like the old Westerns and the cowboy yeah. movies, you'll see like a, a horn in mm -hmm. front of them, um, a lot bigger saddle, a lot more leather and tooling to oh, it. Wow. You'll see probably jeans and chaps and mm. a cowboy hat and maybe a button-down Western shirt. Wow. Um, so kind of like quickly, that's how you could tell if you weren't like familiar with the different styles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that horn um, helpful? Like do you grab on? Well, yeah, so we try not to train people to do it. It kind of is that um, – Oh crap! Strap a little bit, but um, but we but once you're comfortable on a horse, it's not something that you use to keep on you. It's actually used um, as a tool. Like if I were to rope a steer or a cow, then I could rope to the horn. So oh. we call it dallying. So that oh. way I'm using my horse and the saddle and my horse's weight Whoa. to move that cow around because I certainly couldn't just yeah. tug it along like a puppy dog. Yeah, you yeah. know? Wait, so. have you done that? <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's cool. Not the puppy dog part. Well, <laughs> you've done you've done like the made the lasso and thrown it around. Yeah. No way. What's yeah. your uh, what's your accuracy yeah. rate on that? Um, I wish I had more time to practice that or more. Um, but that's part of the reason why I moved out west because I wanted to live somewhere where it was more common. Yeah. And I would have more time to perfect those skills. I didn't realize I was exactly moving to somewhere where there might be snow. You know, eight or nine months out of the year. But we're getting. You there. were getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am perfecting my skiing oh my though, nonetheless. <laughs> was there snow? Because you were just in, uh, was it Idaho, Wyoming? Yeah, I was in both actually. Oh. <laughs> I don't think oh you do Okay, I did not have. So what, where did you spend most of the time? Because you, you were doing like some modeling for a. Idaho is what you're thinking of. Yeah. Idaho, okay. And I just had like a light snowfall, but I, I mean, gosh, I've seen photos of my friend's place and they might get just as much snow as we do here. Wow. Yeah. They, in Idaho? They get quite a bit too. I think they're yeah. at like three or 4,000 feet, but um, but more north. Were you doing a fair amount of riding when you were up there? Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do. So there's this um, there's this amazing, it's called a horse drive. Instead of like a cattle drive, um, I found this horse drive. And because again, like embodying all of my little Western dreams, um, a horse drive is even more fun, I think, because... Uh, it's faster. It's more. It's fast and furious. Cattle move very slow, right? Very yeah. slow, and just you're plugging along. A lot of walking. Um, when you move horses via horseback, I mean, you can fly, and it's every little cowgirl's dream to like yeah. run amongst a herd of loose, you know, un unbroke horses. Um, and that's exactly what you get to do. Um, it's the place is called Silver Spur Ranch. Um, it's in Dubois, Idaho. And I found this family a couple years ago. It's family run. It's phenomenal. Um, just absolutely the best trip I've ever taken in my life. Oh my gosh. I am a hundred percent certain that it's what gave me the extra push I needed to make the leap from Florida to move out West. Wow. Um, just beautiful countryside, the loveliest family I've ever met, oh my great gosh. horses and just a week under the stars with, wow. you know, with, with untamed horses. It's, That's amazing. It's literally the best thing I've ever Can done. Can anyone do that? So they do ask that you be an experienced rider um, because they a lot of places, uh, you know, especially for horse trips, um, 
err on the side of caution. And I will say that this place stresses that you do know how to ride because they really want you to enjoy. Like if you know how to ride, they're going to let you enjoy and lead that herd of horses and push that herd of horses and go running with that those horses. And that's like just part of the magic of it. So to keep it safe and keep it magical, it's definitely one that you train for, you're prepared for, and you know, you're comfortable horseback. Wow. Yeah. How many people are like guiding the horses at one time? Sure. It's usually just one of the family members that's with us. And then there was about, I want to say about 14 on our trip. So usually it'd be about seven in the front of the herd and about seven in the back. And you move all around and switch all around. But um, And then about 45 um, untamed horses. And there would even be foals. So baby horses would mm. be running with you. Oh. It was magic. It was better than the movies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't say enough good things about it. So, Man. yeah, hit me up if you want a horse <laughs> drive in your life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds I, – I would love to. I just – the thing is I'm a beginner. Yeah. I've, I've horseback rode um, I think once. And it was um, a slow trail. Sure. Slow trail. But I definitely have a desire to do it again. I mean, if I was with you, I feel like it'd be a lot more interesting because then I'd be with an expert and someone could show me what the heck's going on. Yep. And it's definitely something you got to work at because starting as an adult too, it's like jumping on a pair of skis. I mean, here, like mm. it's about balance and getting comfortable and, you know, running into those mistakes and running into those hiccups and, you know, learning how to kind of adjust your sails when those things happen. Yeah. So um, it requires, yeah, it just requires time and and dedication, like anything yeah. else. So, and and what what's like the best way to ride to first start getting into it? Like, is it um, lessons? Lessons. Yeah, but I think you did a great job. Like, you know, picking like one of these like cool trail rides or whatnot. Um, I mean, you want to have a good experience, and you never know what you're going to get because you're getting a live animal. So, mm. no matter what way you cut it, you don't know. Even if it's you know a calm, well broke horse, there's still horses. Um, but, you know, like you did it enough to where you were like, hey, I have an interest in this. And, um, you know, like kind of like I always say, tell people that too when they're interested. They inquire with me, like, for instance, about getting a firearm. They want to just go get a firearm. And I just stress lessons. And same thing with yeah. horses. Mm. Um, you're dealing with something that has the potential to be extremely dangerous. Right. You want to, you know, hear from a professional, mm. get the instruction, take the time oh. to become comfortable and familiar with it. Because same thing, once you need that firearm, if you're not comfortable with it, you're it's more of a danger to you than yeah. it is a, a help or an aid to you. And then same with the horse too. You want to be able to enjoy both. Yeah. That's a very mature way of looking at it. Yeah. Have you always had that kind of mentality that measured, I feel like? Um, maybe a little <laughs> bit with age and experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And have you been able to combine those two, like, you know, the your work in police with horseback riding? Yes. Um, I did work for Broward Sheriff's Office in Florida before moving here. And I was on their mounted posse with actually Cowgirl with my horse now Whoa. who came with me. Um, and that was definitely definitely a highlight in my career um, to combine, you know, both of my loves and to, to combine a passion with a paycheck, really. Um, I guess that's anybody's ultimate dream. Um, and that's really eventually how I kind of stumbled my way into um, you know, the school resource officer position wow. as well. So uh, it was something that um, I ended up doing as kind of like a voluntold position and ended up falling in love with it and 
getting all the combinations of things, you know, getting to move out west, getting to be the school resource officer of a phenomenal school. I mean, the school is definitely an outlier. I don't think there's anything else out there like Vail Mountain School. So extremely blessed and grateful Mm. to have been selected for this position and and be here with fine folks like you, Zach. (laughs) We are are very lucky. (laughs) Such a wonderful community of people. It is, yeah. Yeah. But I do think your story of getting to Vail is amazing. I You've shared it with me once. I don't know if you're comfortable sharing it now, but I'd love if you could because I, I really think it's cool. Sure. Um, sure. I don't know how personal you want to how, get. Whatever you're comfortable <laughs> with. Sure. Um, I mean, yes, I, I led like a little bit of a different life uh, before coming here. Um, I, I was previously engaged and um, I was very happily engaged and kind of heading down that road path of, you know, a family and roots and being settled. And um, I always knew that in the back of my mind, if that path didn't work out for me, I would kind, I would seize the one other dream that I had and that, and like my gut just always told me to move out West. Um, So when that didn't work out, um, I decided to go for it. And I started basically just traveling a bunch out West because I didn't know where exactly. I just knew out West and I didn't know when. So um, I started traveling out West and I literally just kind of took like a little bit of a life sabbatical after things changed in my personal life. And I, well, let's see, I did, I did seven trips in eight weeks to nine different states. And on the last day of my last vacation, I was at the farmer's market in Vail and was um, offered a job by Vail Police Department. And the commander for Vail is also from Florida. And although we didn't personally know each other, we had a lot of mutual friends and our departments were very close. So, you know, he kind of had a little bit of in to some people that knew me. Um, And at that time, I was a school resource officer in Florida and um, didn't realize how much I was going to be falling in love with the position as I started going through the process with Vail. So I'd say I think it was October of 2018, um, I passed all of the exams for Vail and jumped all the police hoops that we have to do. And they called to offer me the final job offer. And I said, I don't think I can go now. Like I'm in love with my kids and my students at this school and my new position. And um, I said, does does Vail have a school resource officer position? And he said, it's funny you should ask me that. And he Whoa. said, um, it's something, you know, we've been striving for the last couple years. And we plan to kick it off in August of 2019. Um, in the springtime, we'll be taking letters of interest for the position, um, but it won't be up to the police department to choose. You'll have to be interviewed by the Vail Mountain School uh, board, and they will make their selection. Mm. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So I literally went home, sold everything that didn't fit in my truck and trailer around my horse Wow! and drove across the country. Love that. Yeah. And then, um, then, yeah. And then in the springtime came and I interviewed for the position and I'm just so thankful that they chose wow. me. Yeah. Do you believe in, uh, things being meant to, meant to be and, uh, things that, I mean, it just seems crazy that 
on this last place to this last destination, everything kind of came together. Yeah. I mean, it, <sighs> it definitely will make you believe in faith yeah, yeah, if you right, didn't. <laughs> right, right. It is wild yeah. that way. Dang. Mm-hmm. And what is it like living in Vail? How would you describe the the environment here, living here? It's a magical place. Um, definitely. I, I agree with everybody. It's kind of like this snow globe, you know, bubble. Um, it's different. It's, it's very special. And I think the people here are very special and uh, very kind. I, I love that we are a small town, but we're, we're worldly. Mm-hmm. So I love International. that. Yeah. I love that yeah. kind of everybody knows everybody. Um, but we're so diverse. Mm. I mean, we really are like just, I've never heard so many different languages. I feel yeah. like every time I turn the corner, somebody's from another country or has lived in another country. I feel like I'm catching up just by living in Vail and being <laughs> around you yeah, all right, worldly right. folks. So um, it's, as much as I've kind of made my world smaller, slower, mm. and calmer by moving here, I've opened it up tremendously. Wow. So it's kind of this two-sided coin I got out of it all. Yeah. They always say like at least once in your life you should move somewhere where you don't know anybody. And mm. I feel like, well, let's just check that box yeah. off. I, mean, <laughs> I know, and I, I've actually never experienced that because every so far everywhere I've been, I've known at least one person. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is crazy. So what- Which is pretty bare bones in it too, so- Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, count. how is that, how is that? Like, how do you, how easy is it to make friends here? Yeah. Because um, that is a big, that can be a huge challenge for right. some people. And I did have, I had, like, the friend that invited me here, Um, I mean, I knew him for, like, 48 hours, so I guess I, I'll give him, like, a half a point. Right. But, um, but no, but his family, nonetheless, was uh, an absolute godsend to me. Like, they were wonderful to me, adopted me, like, one of their own once mm. I got here, anything I needed, and um, I think hats off also to like the brotherhood of the police department for me. Mm. Um, they immediately signed me a big brother and shout out to Randy. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, like I kind of really did have like a nice little network of people upon yeah. coming here because of the job. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely an adventure. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. Um, it's, you know, I guess you really don't know how strong you are until you face all these things yeah. on your own. And then you tack on things like having a live animal here that's <laughs> living outside coming from Florida and yeah. things that you didn't know froze, like your your truck door locks. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a learning curve and totally. I feel better off for it for wow. sure. So. And how often are you seeing cowgirl? Um, sure. I try to... Um, in the summertime, I was going a lot because I wanted to keep her um, in shape for uh, for the riding in the summer. So I was going like three mm-hmm. times a week. And um, now in the winter, I really just uh, go see her like once on the weekend and just make sure she's standing and eating <laughs> and all is well. But um, I keep her at a friend's place in Eagle. So um, And he's great. He lives there. So he sees her every day. So Wonderful. somebody's got eyes on her. Yeah. And you're telling me the yeah. coat changes yeah. in the winter. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. I call them woolly mammoths <laughs> out here. I've never seen anything yeah. like it being a Florida girl myself. Um, when I got here, I just thought, those are not horses. Those, yeah. those are <laughs> grizzly bears. Right, right. I don't even know what yeah. those animals are. 
So that's been funny to watch yeah. my horse uh, get as fluffy as she has gotten. But um, I never thought I'd want her to be this fluffy, but I'm very thankful. <laughs> yeah, because she's super warm, fluffy. super, super fluffy, super warm. Is yeah. it the fluffiest right now? Like, yeah, because we're in the thick of winter. Right yes. Now. So horses' coats go with um, actually like the light of day, not the temperature. Like, no it's, way. A, it's like the sunlight. So, really? Yeah, so oh, that's, that's what's interesting. So because she was here at summer solstice and then to winter solstice, so their coats will grow uh, basically for those six months. Mm. So now it won't grow anymore. It just grew to, what was it, December 22nd-ish maybe? What? Summer or winter solstice. I don't know. I don't even know. What is a solstice? Like the short, so that's the shortest day, oh, okay. whatever the shortest day of our year was. And then oh, everything okay. goes back to being longer. Oh, got it. So, um so her coat. Hmm, I hope I'm. I'm hope I'm scientifically right <laughs> yeah, about this. We, this is, yeah, well, we this can is fact based check off the, the based off all my Google. You know, yeah, everything off fine. the internet's true. So yeah, don't we'll quote go, me. We'll on Google it that. after too. But um. So yeah. So from from now she won't get any fuzzier. But the vet did say that next year she might get a little bit. Like it's been a learning curve for her. Uh-huh. Um. She definitely got fuzzy enough, which I'm thankful, yeah. but not as fuzzy as others that have been here for a long oh, so like vet, seasoned. Old. Yeah. So I've never experienced this, but you know, I'm just taking the vet's advice and sure. says that might get fuzzier in the next year yeah. or two. But and does that change like the whole grooming techniques and all that? So or? I've read articles that say you really again, you know, winter's new to me. So I've been trying to do my reading um enough to, you know, get her through all this. And um and they say they actually say like they recommend not even like grooming in the winter. So I guess it's like stuff to not mess with kind of the natural way of the coat. Um, and the coats kind of grow so so interesting here in the winter that they almost give them a protective layer for when it snows. Like you'll see that the snow just kind of sits on top of their hair. So it's like the wet snow is not on their skin, making them cold. Oh, know? Yeah. That's what the hair the hair is elevating how high off. Yeah, it's keeping oh, it cool. it's basically acting like a blanket and keeping it off of her oh, back so but cool. in a natural way. Yeah. And it's the whole but it's the whole body, like the legs too are getting yeah. all fluffy. Yep. Everything's fluffy. <laughs> she just looks like a, a little fluffy. I don't even know. I'm like, like who are something? you? Yeah. <laughs> like a little Bichon oh, thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's funny Dang. to look at her that yeah, way. But yeah. hanging out. <laughs> uh-huh. It's cool. wild to see how much they change. I mean, I guess the same with like the wild animals around here. Like I'm learning, yeah. you know, I don't know how moose and elk and mule deer and mountain lions operate, but I'm learning fast. Yeah. Have you seen any since you've been out here? I have seen moose, elk, mule deer, um, bear, but I have not seen a mountain lion yet, but I oh. wouldn't mind keeping it that Yeah, way. it's fine. <laughs> Weren't there, wasn't there a string of uh, mountain lions and uh, what was it? Edwards, I think, Edwards? was big this year. Yeah, that was the article I had read. That. Did you see those photos? I saw, like, where the, the three of them were, like, approaching the house. and There were three. I don't yeah, know, I they've kind of, like, becoming their, like, bigger family units now, I guess, because mm, they're— Having babies. Po- yeah, and population is growing. Dang. And I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but there's another police officer here who's saying that like, okay. for you guys get a fair amount of calls related to wildlife. Yes. Out here. Yes, we do. Um, and 
it's, you know, it's, I was just so excited for the new wildlife because, like, I'm a gator reptile girl, you know, so and hogs and Florida animals. So yeah. I was very fascinated when I got here when we'd have, like, a moose or a bear call and I couldn't get there fast enough. I was just like, I got to <laughs> Like stoked. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll oh take gosh. it. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, unfortunately we've had, you know, where moose get hit on the interstate. That's yeah. pretty wild just because they're such large animals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have when in the spring or early summer when they start weaning their yearlings off of them and the moose babies or the calves are, you know, kind of frantic and in town. Um, but a lot of these ones will just stroll right by. I've run into them on hikes. I don't think I've ever run so fast in my life. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to run, but it was terrifying. Oh Thought I was much braver than <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. Until, until the moment came. Right, right. It's like, get out of there. Yep, and then uh, and then we get bears. I mean, bears in the trash can is a yeah. big thing, especially in the spring. And mm. um, mountain lions, I've heard, you know, you watch watch your dogs with yeah. them for yeah. sure. And um, the elk are beautiful. I mean, I, I haven't really had an issue with them. I usually just see them out and around the horse pasture. Same with the mule deer, and they'll just kind of hop the fence and eat horses or horses hay with them and stuff. Oh, cool. So I wish I could have um, captured cowgirl's face the first time I watched her see most likely her first elk, at least judging by her reaction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was it? What'd she do? (laughs) She was, I mean, she was dead still, but her head whipped up and the rest of her body kept still. And she was wide eyed with her ears perked up. And I was like, yep, Yep. I think this is the first one she played eyes on. Yeah. Dang. (laughs) You could tell she knew it was, uh, it was different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big horse. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then what are those um those bighorn sheep? We're getting a lot of those. Ah, yeah, we do. Um and actually since they've kind of been in an issue, um I've been in the school with you. So I kind of hear it over the radio go out a lot and I've heard about um you know, trying to find some different solutions for them. So I've, you know, I've seen them a little bit here and there, but I haven't worked many shifts where I've had to like- handle the sheep issue because I've been in school with yeah. you. Yeah. What do they do when they go onto the? Because the problem is, uh, it's like the the treatment for the roads. Yeah, the mag chloride. I guess they're attracted to it, or like it's like a like a salt block, mm-hmm. like a salt lick to livestock. Um, and I guess they're attracted to it, and they just can't. They can't even seem to look up once they're licking can't it. Get, like, it's like crack or something. Yeah, yeah. they're just addicted. It's yeah. an addiction. So. Yeah, I don't know what the final outcome will be on that, but I know a lot of people that are uh, more knowledgeable about that than me are working on it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But for the from a police perspective, do you guys just like shut down the freeway? Like, what do you do when you have a bunch of? No, I've never heard that because they don't like they don't tend to cross the freeway like mm. um, like some of the other animals, but they do start to drift closer and closer. And I I know at least one unfortunately got hit, which is not common. So I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, if it was just distracted by, I think mating season or rut, rut, yeah, rutting, rutting was happening. Um, so we usually just try to guide them back up the mountain, just because we don't really want to impose on their 
way, although this is a learned behavior, you know, coming down for something that's put out by humans. So we just really do our best to kind of push them, guide them back up the mountain because- that's an image that I could see, like a bunch of police officers kind of- I haven't seen it myself, so it's actually just something I hear on the radio and hear amongst chatter about it. Um, But I mean, I, I think it's just the only solution we've come up with to not have too much human interaction with them, but keep them safe and keep- That's cool. You know, people safe, so- Um, but I know they're working further on that for sure. Yeah. Cool. Another thing I guess I'm curious about is, um, for road closures, is that a big deal? Like shutting down the freeway? Oh. Like what's the process in that? Yeah. Um, that was, you know, I got here in November of 2018 and I think like 48 hours later it snowed for like a week straight and I just thought, oh my goodness, uh, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And, um, But so, and I worked midnight shift the majority of my first winter. I could not wear enough clothing. Um, Everyone referred to me as the ninja because you could only see my eyes. And I looked like like the Pillsbury Doughboy Uh, because I'd wear like just so many layers. If I fell over, I probably couldn't get back up on my own. (laughs) Uh, But I made it. I thought for a while they didn't like me and they were trying to like chase me back to Florida. But uh, I do vividly remember some of my first past closures um, and uh, learned my lesson quickly. I, you know, when I found myself directing 18 wheelers in a blizzard with my ski goggles on in my uniform, I thought, oh, maybe I made a wrong turn somewhere here in life. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, right. maybe what, this Western what? thing is all it's cracked up. Not panning out. No, no, not so good. <laughs> but, you know, now I feel like I earned like a survivor badge mm. and, uh, it, you know, t- certainly teaches you appreciation. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I do also clearly remember, and um, I call him Manny. Thank you, Mark Antonio. He was the best partner ever that night. It was like two of us on um, shift, and uh, that historical avalanche happened. Oh. Yeah, a Bonvale Pass. Yep. And so then we had traffic all backing up uh, in Vale, and it, it, you know, it was quite the eventful evening. Um, but we managed and he, you know, he knew what to do. He'd worked here for many years. He's a very good police officer and just kind of guided me through the ropes despite like the epic amount oh of gosh. snow and avalanches that started occurring. And, nuts. you know, we got through it. So nuts. with his guidance. So that's nice. That's, that's yeah. so nice that you guys have such a nice yeah. community to help out. I mean, uh, I feel like the cops here are so friendly um, everyone I've met that has come and had lunch or that I've yeah. seen in town, just been like so warm and welcoming. It's just, a, it's a, it's refreshing to like pass them, you know? I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, no, we definitely, we have a really good crew for sure. We got, we got the best of the best. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiled out here. Yeah, yeah. we are. So, in a good way. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> in a good way. I can't remember who I was talking to, but, um. One of the guys, um, he makes his own hot sauce. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, is it Mike Chan? Does he make that? No, no, no. I know he loves the yeah, hot sauce, yeah, yeah. but I don't no, know no. who makes yeah, it. Yeah, Mike's a man. But um, no, I don't know. It was someone else who was on duty with Mike. Forgot his name. Um, but uh, yeah, he says he makes his, all these different types of hot sauce. He doesn't sell them. Oh my gosh, I'll have to it's find out. personal use, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew more about it. Okay, okay, I'll um, look into it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, just a little fun factor. So, yeah. 
Well, what do you think about here? Do you share kind of the same yeah. views as I do? or? I, well, yeah, I think the quality of life is so high. Like I, uh, I leave at the end of the day feeling full. Like I don't, you know, I go to bed like happy, I guess. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing, you know, as a single, single guy right now, mm-hmm. I'd say the biggest thing, and I think this is also shared by my friends who are, you know, single as well, mm-hmm. is that the ratio is off. So maybe you could help. I mean, <laughs> give us some tips here. Um, yeah, it's hard to. This really took a turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah this took a turn. This took. A, <laughs> it's hard to sit hard. Um, just like meeting, yeah, meeting girls, going on dates, and um, yeah, I guess I guess that's like the biggest um, downside because other than that, I feel like I have like such strong friendships. I have uh, existing friendships, developing new ones. Um, and, uh, you know, get to go outdoors all the time. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. But yeah that, that's like the, that's my one thing. That's like, uh, you know. For sure. Um, I mean, of course I've heard all the jokes by now about our <laughs> ratio yeah, difference male valley, male valley. <laughs> between men and women here. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously I think that the, this, the facts are out there that more men choose like mountains and cold weather than yep. women do. Um, so I guess it really is a woman's world out <laughs> here. Um, but with that being said, I, I, that's a tough one. Like, What is your advice to, you know, my friends and I, like what? Yeah. Cause what I'm do- a single female out yeah. here. Um, and honestly, I think, I think because of the ratio difference and being on the flip side of that yeah. coin, it's um, and it's to no fault of you guys. It it can be almost overwhelming here. Um, so it kind of has yeah. like this reverse reaction. Oh, that's super interesting because it's not balanced and it's yeah. almost like we're re- we're receiving too, too much, much attention. attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly, and it and it just it's kind of becomes all consuming and. Um, so it, it, it's a, it's a tough one. I don't know mm-hmm. how to necessarily like play it out to, to your favor, but I yeah. think you have a lot going for you. So I think that alone is, <laughs> well, is in your favor. Um, yeah. Ladies, he's very handsome. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> very friendly. He's been oh, like, man. yeah. And you're very like approachable and oh. you're outgoing. You're a good conversationalist. Wow. Like, so I think you have tons going for oh, you. So I don't think you have to worry about so that. Kind of it's just, if it's hurting, it's just the ratio, okay, you know? Okay. <laughs> but, well, I appreciate um, that. Yeah. But I do think like, like at least here, um, it kind of helps you find already like automatically people with similar interests, like automatically it's like, if you live here, you're probably an outdoorsy person, right? right? Like, that's kind of that, and yeah. that's what I love, whether it be like our friend group or dating group or yeah. And also here too, like you have to choose more wisely and more carefully, right? Yeah. Like it's not just um, you. You can't just date casually in a small town, mm, like yeah, yeah. So I think maybe um, women tread more lightly for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost like you get one pick at this. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't think it's that, it doesn't even be that intense, you know. Um, yeah, I've, I have. Uh, I have some friends who have lived here for a few years now, like, you know, upwards of five years at least. And uh, I think, yeah, the tendency is after a while, like maybe, you know, a friend, one of your friends or a mutual friend will end up maybe dating if you guys broke up or something. Just the nature of a small town. Sure. So, of course. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think, you know, if I don't think it has to be weird. 
I don't think so either. I think it's human nature to date and to to bond and form relationships. Yeah, and it's important. Yeah, I think that can be the 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 good and the bad side, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Like you end up dating your friends because you've built that bond with them. And the flip side is they, yeah, in a small town, they may have dated other people you know. And, right. Um, it's kind of, yeah, I guess you do it carefully, but it's the name of the game. Human, human nature, human you nature. like to, yeah, you like to pair up, you like to bond, you like yeah. to... Um, spend time with other people. So totally, I I know I feel you. It's a it's a different world navigating here. I feel like yeah. in Florida, I might have um, been a little more up to like maybe saying yes more often to dates and mm-hmm. being a little bit more like, well, I'll just go and just go, and if, if it doesn't work out, yeah, it's fine. Whereas here, I I'm more cautious to yeah. say yes because mm-hmm. everybody is so tied. So it's almost like I have to be convinced to go before I even get to know you. And I don't know if that's fair, but. Right. No, I totally see where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Totally different. But I do think like for romantic venues, we have an abundance of those. I mean, people come here on like their honeymoons and and all that. So like when the dates do happen, you know, you can go to Matsuhisa. Yeah. Or like, you know, go hot tub somewhere with a beautiful view of the mountain. Like there's a lot of cool opportunities. This place is, Vail is very romantic. And it's funny you say that, like I, um, without the actual romance, right? Because nobody's dating (laughs) or everybody's dating. I'm not sure yet. I'm still navigating (laughs) that. We're we're new. We're new. (laughs) But um, it's, you know, my, my longtime best guy friend, he came out here with his fiance this past weekend Mm. um, to visit me. And that's what I said. Like when they got here, it was just like this beautiful snow and just Mm. these big flakes. And I just said, you know, I'm just so like, this is a romantic getaway for you too. Like it's the, they got the romance of ale, you know, I gave yeah. them the hot tubs and the snow coming down and the yeah, ice skating, the ice skating. Oh, and the horse man. sleigh rides and the oh, fancy hot chocolates. And, yeah. um, you know, and then we did the fun stuff, the tubing and the hiking and the, you know, the more athletic-y, um, silly stuff too. So, but you're right. It's definitely, uh, a destination spot. And if you can find yeah. romance in here, it already has the atmosphere. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. We're all, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, I get like. I get yeah. what you're saying for sure. Yeah, and it's nice. And I feel like uh, you know we're not too far from Denver. Um, this past weekend, I was in Denver, and just I, I was I mean I was in Vail for the past it felt like a month and a half without leaving. I feel like the f- furthest um, the furthest west I went was Walmart. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> You know, East so was racket club. Yeah, stuck in the bubble. <laughs> but, you know, Denver's right there. And mm-hmm. so I went and then I was like, oh, I got hit by the sun. East Vail's, I think, more shaded. Yeah. Um, so, but that, yeah. So I can't, I can't complain too much. Yeah, so. you know what's so funny is like before I, I lived right next to an international airport and I probably travel more now that I live two <laughs> hours, if I'm lucky, if right. all goes well on I-70, yeah. I'm only two hours from, from the airport. And, you know, and then not to mention you're either taking a shuttle there or yeah. parking your car and then taking a shuttle. Mm-hmm. So all these elements and, um, but yet again, because we're, we're like, we're collectively all here, very worldly, and yeah, I don't know. It's just it it inspires you to get out more. But wow. then we get to come back to yeah. our little you know niche here, yeah, so we really right. get the best of both worlds. I mm. feel. Yeah. Have you been to Glenwood Springs yet? 
Um, I did. I, I, well, I did the hot tubs there a okay, couple times. Ask, yeah. That's um, one, that was one nice thing. Yeah. Which yeah. I loved. I did that with some Florida company a couple times and yeah, I thought that was a great thing. Went down there and did some whitewater rafting. And oh, sweet. Yeah. Glenwood's a cool, a cool spot. Really nice. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you feel like after that session, like super, like uber relaxed, like more than normal? Oh yeah. Whatever they're putting in there. Yep. I wish they would put more of that in the hot tubs yeah, around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I felt like so soothed. I haven't been in um, month, like probably almost a year now, but yeah, I'm due to go back. That yeah. super relaxing outing. Um, have you been to Leadville? I haven't really been to Leadville. Leadville's cool. So Leadville, um, I'll probably go back this March. I went and saw the ski drawing. Um, what? Oh, oh, Zach, <laughs> let me just tell you. So it's another two passions combined, but I haven't quite figured out how to get involved Wait, with it yet. what is it called? It's called ski drawing. Whoa. And it's where like a cow, where cowgirl will be horseback and pull you. And I'm just going to go ahead and assume they're hooked up to the horn of the saddle. I don't know that for sure. Um, but I was just going to give maybe another use of the horn. And you're pulling a skier or a snowboarder, and they basically take the whole town of Leadville. They just did it in Banff, um, which there they did some really cool back – like their photos made me want to become a Canadian cowgirl. Oh, my gosh. Their photos are so cool. Um but for the record, I want to beat the cowgirl. <laughs> but I'm not there yet on yeah. skiing. So, but they basically take over main streets, um, load snow and ice and whatever else they load onto it. They set up ramps and jumps, Whoa. and then yeah, and then basically your horse you take off galloping straight down the middle, horseback on the flat middle, and then the skier or boarder zigzags behind you. Holding on like, to like a rope or something. Yeah, holding on almost like a, like I think of it like a wakeboarding, like when I was in yeah. Florida behind oh a boat, gosh. but it's behind a galloping horse Whoa. down so the middle cool. of a main street. Yeah, wow. on skis. Um, yeah, much cooler take on than boating and yeah, wakeboarding. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then there's people on the sidelines, like a, almost like a parade is coming through, and they zigzag over these jumps, and they also have to um, joust. So they also Whoa. have like a stick, and they have to joust these rings. The skiers do. The skiers do. Yeah, the, hor the horse Nuts. and rider has one job, and that's gallop that's and gallop. pull. Yeah, gallop and pull and go straight and... You know, try not to fall down because um, slippery. So it's, oh. it's very, um, you know, a little nerve wracking galloping yeah. the horse down that. But um, yeah, and then they, Whoa. I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know how they grade or judge the skiers if it's like the amount of ramps they make and the rings they catch. I'm not quite sure on that. I've only seen it done once, which was yeah. Leadville in March, which I it's coming up again in March. Um, I was going to ask, the next one's in March? Yeah, we should get a group together. I'm, I actually think I'm, I'm like going to have so some down. Florida company in town, so I think they would get a big kick out of it. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. Let me know the date, so that sounds really super cool. fun. Yeah. I want to say it's the first or second weekend of March. I just saw like an advertisement for it, but it is something to be seen. <laughs> Ski jorging. Yeah. Ski joring. So joring. I think it's S K I, and then I'm not sure if it's one or two words, but oh. it's J O R I N G. Hmm. And, and it is a competition. Like people are competing. Yeah. Are, do, do you have you pulled on the? I have not pulled. Um, I actually, ironically, I had taken some pictures um, last year of it and shared it on social media, and someone else connected to me, tagged somebody. The gray horse looked like my gray horse, so I had taken a picture of it, and the woman riding it. I guess she does a lot of these. And then her and I started chit-chatting about how I could get more involved in it. Um, and 
uh, although my horse is great at pulling things, I just love her so much. I'd be so fearful for her. So I'd rather um, maybe borrow somebody else's horse who already does this sport. Right, and, and knows yeah. the ice or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. So And you would team up beforehand? Like get a- I'm not sure how that how that part of the competition runs. I w- it almost looked like it wasn't like you just go in pairs. It almost looked like maybe there were five riders and you just cycled back and picked up oh. different skiers maybe. Okay, got and it. May- so maybe it's not like a team, a team event. event. Maybe it's a singular event. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And was it a good turnout, like a good amount of people? Or? Oh, yeah. It was great. And I mean, that town is so cool. It's like, what is it? Is it an old mining town? I feel like everything here is in, like yeah. a cool yeah. old mining town. Right. Um, but yeah, they just have like this cool old cowboy bar there and just everything's antique and yeah. old. And But Lovell's especially off the beaten path. I mean, you gotta, you're going out there. It's way up there. I think it's yeah. 10,000 feet. Ooh. Um, there's a couple like 14ers that you can take from around there that I also um, – You've – did you do? I did one. I got one oh, done. done? And oh, I, nice. And then I, I know my goal is at least three this Sick. summer. So Whoa. yeah. When did you do it? Um, I think it was. I don't think I got to it till August or September. So then I got. Was it Sherman? I don't know. I've got a picture okay. of it somewhere. But now yeah. I've read so many of them that. Yeah. Um, like, do you know the next one you want to do? No, whatever, wherever someone's like willing to do it and take yeah. and take the initiative of like being responsible for me right, right, and right. going, I'll follow. Oh, got it. Okay. I, cause I think I've heard like another one for someone who, cause I haven't done a 14er. Yeah. The Quandry. Okay. Have you heard of Quandry? I've heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. Evidently that's another accessible one. It's not too crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. As I'm, I'm, I'm interested as well in doing like a 14. I've never done a 14. We'll do one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at this lining up events. Bing, 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 bing. We've got plans, we got people. Pl- we got plans. <laughs> we'll put our schedule yeah. on, the, on yeah. the book and, yeah. uh, you know, y'all can jump Share in. Share my calendar with you. <laughs> but have you been to the town of Redcliffe? Redcliffe. That's another cool one, I think. Redcliffe is cool. But I, you could probably tell me more about it. All I did was um, go down that crazy zigzag road yep. and had fish tacos and then, oh, yep, you probably went, yep. But everyone was snowmobiling in that town that I was worried if my truck was going to get oh, in good. and out because it already was full. Oh. oh, I did it after ski touring. Oh, nice. I came oh, down the oh, mountain cool. and, and okay, hit gonna, up uh, Redcliffe. That's yeah. why I thought of it because it's <laughs> along the same road. Yeah. Um, I've actually, I think it's like a super unique town. It's like right off, uh, it's like really tucked away um, in the mountains and it's small, super small. Um, but I've also heard it described as lawless. Lawless. Lawless, kind of like very Western, you know. I would like to explore it more. Like I feel like I only got a taste of it and I was like, wow, people just snowmobiling from place to place. This is cool. Yeah. So, and, um, and that haunt, that haunted town, right? That's uh, not far from there. There's you, like know, a, but you mean the one that's abandoned? Yeah. What's that it's one It's also haunted. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like all elements to it. Like, oh, I've never heard like the haunted area story. 51 and closed off. Cause it's like cancerous from the what? runoff and no it's way. haunted and it's, yeah, what? people can't go to it. I forget what it's called. It's like a little ghost town right there yeah. by Red Cliff. Yeah. So along the freeway, there's this, it's like a colorful. Yeah. Yeah, like a town, and that it's place. it's all it looks like houses all from the early 1900s or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy. It yeah, creepy. do you remember what it's called? No, I don't know what okay, it's called. We'll I don't to... remember what it's called. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you, people. Back to you. We'll get back to you guys. <laughs> it's a cool. Yeah, I never heard the haunted thing though. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got our options. We could, you, know, you got east, <laughs> northeast, whatever. 
whatever you're into. We got it. <laughs> well, I don't want to hold you up too long. I know you're going to get a pump in after this. So. <laughs> but, uh, yep, you guys, the the wonderful Melissa Metcalf. Oh, so. thank you, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great time. Yeah, I've had a blast. It was good I chatting with you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you ever want to do this again, let me know. And so, uh, love podcasting. And I also, um, I love all the things we've got lined up. I'm yeah. uh, excited to do ski joring. Right. And 14ers. And <laughs> 14ers. Yep. And more Redcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> and you've heard another episode of In the Area. Good night.